You're listening to the Ministry 127 podcast, a complimentary resource for today's spiritual leader. The purpose of Ministry 127 is to aid Christians in developing a biblical philosophy of ministry. Ministry 127 is a growing online library aimed at assisting ministry workers with Bible-based resources and is a ministry of Pastor Paul Chapel, the Lancaster Baptist Church, and West Coast Baptist College. For more information, visit ministry127.com and subscribe to the Ministry 127 podcast for more practical lessons for today's Christian worker. Today's podcast is entitled Keeping Missions Before Our Youth with Dr. Don Sisk. Dr. Sisk served the Lord faithfully as a pastor and a missionary before becoming the director of Baptist International Missions Incorporated. Today he serves at Lancaster Baptist Church as the chairman of the missions department of West Coast Baptist College. Open your Bibles for just a minute to uh, Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. And uh, the subject that we're dealing with is uh, keeping missions before our youth. Keeping missions before our youth. In uh, uh, Matthew chapter 9 and uh, beginning with verse 27, we find a very familiar passage on missions. Matthew chapter 9, begin, I'm sorry, not with 27, with verse 36, okay? Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36. Look at it with me, okay? Uh, But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Okay, notice a couple of things. Okay, first of all, notice the fact that he said the harvest truly is plenteous. Uh, In the world today, there are about 6.8 billion people. Okay, and uh, the Bible teaches us when the sower went out to sow that the, the world is the field. Okay, so the field that we have to reach is a field of 6.8 billion people. So truly, the harvest is plenteous. And uh, regardless of where you're from, the city that you might be from, the area you might be from, uh, there, there are a lot of people that need to be reached with the gospel message. And uh, then what's the answer? He said, the harvest truly is plenteous. And then the next statement is, but the laborers are few. The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Now, uh, when you have a harvest, uh, it must be harvested at the right time. Uh, If it is not harvested at the right time, then it will be ruined. And so here you have a a real problem. The harvest is plenteous. There's a big harvest. And then it says, and the laborers are few. Okay, what's the answer to providing the laborers for the harvest? And verse 38, Jesus tells us, and here it is, okay? Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Uh, Most of the people who become missionaries are influenced for missions early in their lives. Uh, We often are apt to lightly make decisions of Young people, say six to eight years old, that come forward, uh, maybe in a camp meeting, maybe in a revival meeting, maybe in a mission conference and so forth, and make the statement that uh, I believe that God has called me to missions. 
but we should never make lightly of a statement of that nature from a child. Uh, because uh, uh, I've been in missions. I've been in uh, missions now for 44 years. Uh, we went to Japan in 1964 as missionaries. <clears throat> and then for about 30 years, uh, I was involved in Baptist International Missions Incorporated in the uh, 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 administration and, and, and so on and so forth. And uh, uh, many of the young people that come to the mission, or many of the young people that come as missionaries, first began to feel that God was dealing with their heart when they were very young. And, and so for that matter, uh, we, should, we should never take lightly uh, when someone, regardless of their age, uh, would come forward or make a statement to us or indicate in some way that God is leading them into missions. Uh, for instance, uh, just a simple illustration. Uh, when our daughter, Renee, was in the second grade, uh, she came home one day all excited. Now think about this. This is going to be hard for any of you to even think about. But back in those days, that was public school, but they'd have missionaries to come and speak to them. In fact, every once in a while, they'd have a revival meeting, and they'd invite the pastor to come to the public school and preach in a chapel service. You know, they even had chapel services in public schools. Now, that was back in the dark ages, okay? Uh, but, <clears throat> but nevertheless, uh, Renee came home one day in the second grade, and she was all excited about the fact that she had had a missionary from Japan in her class. And she said to me that day, Someday I believe God would have me to be a missionary in Japan. Now, I had not committed my life to be a missionary at that point, okay? Uh, but when we went to Japan as missionaries, of course, Renee went with us. And then after she came back home and went to Bible college and married, uh, then she went back to Japan and is still working with Japanese people, she and her family and so forth. So uh, never take lightly a statement by a young person that I believe that God is leading me to missions. Now, now, our subject, how to keep missions before the youth. And uh, the, the first thing we want to think about is this, that missions should be prominent in every phase of the church. Missions should be prominent in every phase of the church. And uh, we look at some of them, okay? Number one, uh, the, the Sunday school. Uh, in the Sunday school, missions should be prominent. Now, uh, here are the ways. Now, just about every church has a Sunday school, and about uh, every church will have their Sunday school divided up into uh, primaries and juniors and intermediates and on and on and on. But in every area of that Sunday school, it would be good that missions would be very prominent in that. Uh, here's some ways that we can make missions prominent in the, uh, uh, in the uh, uh, Sunday school. Uh, number one, encourage the ch children to give to missions. Uh, most of the p churches that you're probably from and most of the churches that we represent are churches that have what we call faith promise giving. And uh, in faith promise giving, uh, everybody is asked to make a commitment to give something every week to missions above the regular tithe and offering. Now, one of the ways that you can keep missions before children in the Sunday school uh, is encouraging them to give something to missions on a regular basis. And you say, well, children maybe give a dime or 15 cents or whatever. But I read a statement the other day by John D. Rockefeller, and he made this statement. If my mother had not taught me to tithe my first paycheck, which was $1, it would have been difficult for me to tithe my first million. 
John D. Rockefeller became the world's first millionaire, but he learned to give as a child. Uh, so one of the ways that we can keep missions before the young people is to encourage them to give. And uh, then another one is to have short stories in the mission in the Sunday school class. Uh, uh, if you teach a Sunday school class or if you have a, any, any influence in your church, uh, then you might just say, you know, it would be good just in, in every Sunday just to have a very short, maybe a five-minute missionary testimony or missionary story or something of that nature. And then the third way is when missionaries are present, have them come to the class even if it is only for a short period of time. And... Uh, uh, a lot of churches, when they have their mission conferences, uh, they have the missionaries to speak in the various classes uh, during the Sunday school hour. And now, if you're not careful, uh, they would neglect to have them to come even with the young people and, or the children in particular. But uh, that, that should not be the case. And if it is all possible, and, and you know, in, in some classes, churches I've been to, and they say, okay, you're going to have five minutes in each class, and you go to six or eight classes during Sunday school. But that's all right. You're there. You're before them and so forth. Uh, so keeping missions before the people in the Sunday school. And then another good way is this. Uh, if the church has a library, and uh, if you don't have a library, maybe there would be just some place you could put some books, okay? But if the church has a library uh, to provide missionary biographies written on a child's level. And uh, um, the Moody Press has published a large series of missionary biographies for children. Now, I, I'll give you a little secret here, okay? I teach missions in the college, but I read these children's missionary books sometimes, okay? Because if you want to get, get a short synopsis of some missionary, for instance, Hudson Taylor or, or, uh, or, uh, or uh, David Livingston, or you can name anyone you want to, any of the real famous missionaries, uh, they have a, a child's edition of a biography. And if you just want to get a short synopsis of that, you can just read it in a few minutes. But what we're thinking about today is not just for you, okay, but uh, uh, to encourage children to read. And these biographies are written on a child's level. And then if a, children, if a child manifests an interest in becoming a missionary, give them special attention. Uh, it may be that you could form a little club for future missionaries, you know, uh, or, or something of that nature, but uh, at least give them a, some attention, okay? The next thing we think, look, is, is the youth group. Uh, now, these would uh, probably, in most churches, uh, be given more attention as far as missions is concerned uh, than the children. But in the Sunday school, in every area of the Sunday school, for that matter, uh, missions ought to be emphasized, but particularly uh, in the children's ministry, okay? Okay, in the youth group, uh, here are some ways that we can keep missions before our young people in the mission group. Number one is to lead the young people to get involved with different ethnic groups in your city. Uh, now, depending on where you're from, uh, your church may be a very multi-ethnic church where there are a lot of ethnic backgrounds in your church. Uh, on the other hand, uh, if you are from certain areas of the, the country, uh, your church may not have many ethnic groups in the church, okay? But there are different ethnic groups in your city or in your village and so on and so forth, wherever uh, you may live. 
And one of the best things you can do is to try to get your young people to be interested in and to get involved in different ethnic groups. Now, when I grew up in the South, uh, the churches were lily white. I mean, on Sunday morning, it was white, English-speaking Americans, and that was just about it, okay? Uh, of course, now uh, I'm here in the Lancaster Baptist Church, and we have every color in the rainbow, okay? And uh, every, just about every ethnic group you can think about. But uh, one of the best ways that you can get your young people interested in missions is to get them involved in different ethnic groups. Now, uh, most of the people, or most of you that would uh, be from, wouldn't matter where you're from, uh, you'll have Spanish-speaking people, maybe Japanese people, Korean people, people from various countries and so forth. So get the young people to be interested in and involved in them. And then give examples of an unevangelized area of the world in your lessons. Uh, as you're teaching in a youth group, or if you're teaching people of this uh, age, say from uh, 12 to 20 years old and so forth, then give examples of different unevangelized areas of the world. And then the third thing is to emphasize the responsibility of every believer to give to missions. Emphasize the responsibility of every believer to give to mission. Uh, the Bible says, as far as faith promise giving, in 2 Corinthians 9, 7, says, Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. Okay? So it would be good, again, in, within your youth groups, uh, to emphasize that every member in the youth group uh, would get involved in giving something on a regular basis uh, to worldwide evangelization. And then in the youth groups, to encourage them to consider missions as their life work. Encourage them as young people to, to, give, to consider missions as their life work. Uh, uh, I, now, now this, is not, this ought to be the, the hope of every Christian, but it's not. I'll give you a simple example. Years ago, uh, I was in a mission conference in uh, 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 Lynchburg, Virginia. And during that mission conference, the pastor and I were having lunch in a home, a very lovely Christian home, good people. And in the process of eating the meal that day, uh, the lady looked at the pastor and said, Pastor, uh, I, I get very nervous every time we have a mission conference. And the pastor inquired why she got nervous during the mission conference. And she said, well, uh, you know, I have two young people. I have two children, two teenagers. Uh, both of them are very dedicated Christians. And she said, every year during mission conference, I'm scared to death that God is going to call one of them to be a missionary. And you say, well, is, is that maybe a rather common thing? And I'm not sure it may be common, but it's not very Christian. The Bible says it's for God so loved the world that he gave his what? Okay. So somebody said God only had one son and he was a missionary. Uh, but sad to say uh, that, that there are probably some people that, that have that kind of idea. You know, I would not want my children to go to the missionary field. And that's what she in essence said. I don't believe I could stand to see my children go to the missionary field. Rather than have that kind of attitude... Uh, we ought to be saying, hey, this is a good thing that young people ought to do. In other words, rather than praying that they would not go to the mission field, we need to be obeying the command of the Lord when he said, 
Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. And uh, I've often thought, if we're going to pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers, number one, then we ought to be willing to go. Uh, there wouldn't be a lot of need for us to pray for God to send other people if we ourselves were not willing to go. And then we ought to be willing for our children, and in my case, in our grandchildren, so on and so forth, to go to the mission field. Uh, so that the, 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 we ought to, rather than discourage young people from going to the mission field, uh, we ought to encourage them to go. And then another great way to keep missions before the youth group is this, and that is take the young people to the mission field. And, and in reality, probably nothing is as effective as this. In other words, probably nothing that we can do as far as getting young people involved in missions would be more effective than taking them to the mission field. Ecclesia, or, or the, the, uh, uh, in in uh, the, the Bible, it talks about mine eye doth affect my heart. In other words, when a young pe- person will will go to the mission field and see the needs firsthand. Now, it, it's one thing to see them on slides. It's one thing to see them uh, 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 on uh, uh, pictures and so forth. But it's a different thing when you get there and you see what's going on. And many times they will come back home uh, ready to give their life as missionaries. And uh, so short-term mission trips and so forth is very effective. Uh, now, if you're going to, if you're in charge of a youth group, uh, or if you are the pastor or whatever, uh, here's some things about a mission trip. And think about these. Number one, it should be planned well in advance. Uh, rather than saying, next week we're going to uh, Honduras, okay? Uh, we probably say, okay, next year, a year from now, we're going to Honduras. And so that gives your young people time to make preparation and many of them would have to raise special support and so forth in order to go there and so forth but it should be planned uh it should be emphasized the requirements for those who would go uh if you're going to take a group of young people to the mission field you probably won't want to say now anybody would like to go we want you to go okay but you'd have to say now here are some certain requirements that must need to be met we want all of you to go that can go, but if you're going, then there are certain requirements that must be met. And, of course, depending on your church, uh, those requirements would vary and so forth, uh, but there ought to be some good preparation. In other words, if a young person is going to the mission field, then there ought to, to be some preparations before they go. And, of course, then there has to be good follow-up on those who desire to go. And for instance, if somebody says, oh, I'd like to go to the mission field, well, I'd like to go to the, on the mission trip, and uh, then the youth leader or whoever's in charge there would have to do some follow-up with them, uh, help them to make preparation, help them to get their money to go, help them to get uh, mentally and physically and spiritually prepared uh, to go to the mission field. And then, of course, one of the big things is, is to help the ones who need financial assistance. Uh, to get the people in your church involved, uh, maybe to get their parents involved, their grandparents, and so on and so forth. But uh, uh, if one of the most effective things that can happen uh, to any young person is for that young person to go to the mission field firsthand, uh, see what's happening. Uh, how many of you have been to some mission field? Any of you? Okay. 
but so that, that'd be a good thing for you to do when, a ch- when your church uh, has a mission trip or something, then the next one may be volunteering and so forth. Uh, our church here, I don't know how many, probably 40 or 50 young people have gone to various mission fields around the world from our church this year. And many of them will come back and they'll get in Bible college and, and they give their life to, to go to the mission field because they have seen it firsthand. And uh, uh, I, I'll give you a simple personal testimony. I didn't go to the mission field. In fact, uh, during my teenage years, uh, if you went 50 miles, that was a long way, okay? And it really was, okay? In fact, when I graduated from high school, the farthest I'd ever been from home was 90 miles, okay? So uh, you didn't do much traveling back in those days, okay? But I do remember this, that uh, I, I, I got saved in October, and uh, then the, the next uh, summer, uh, my pastor said to me, he said, now, Don, we have a, a, a camp, and I'd like, to go, like for you to go to team camp. And, uh, of course, he, not only did he ask me to go, he made preparation for me to go. I was from a very poor family, and uh, so he somehow got the money and paid for me so I could go to camp. Now, that was a great blessing to me. Number one, uh, it was a great blessing because my pastor was preparing to go to the mission field. Uh, he was in seminary. And as soon as he finished seminary, he went to Peru as a missionary. But he was pastoring our church while he was in seminary. And so he had a great interest in missions. And uh, when I went to camp that week, one of the great things that, that I saw at camp was I got acquainted personally with a missionary. I can still remember his name. It's, it's been 60-some-odd uh, years ago now, okay? But I can still remember his name, that his name was Jerome O. Williams. And Dr. Jerome O. Williams had been in Africa for over 40 years as a missionary. And, and the uh, impact that that made on my life, uh, just meeting him and hearing him that week. So uh, even though I didn't get to go on a, a, a mission trip, uh, I did get to meet missionaries and I did get to meet people that were going to the mission field themselves and so forth. So uh, uh, th- that's one of the big things. Take young people on a mission trip. Another one is acquaint them with a mission or, or mission organizations. Uh, in your teaching, in your Sunday school classes, in your, your youth groups, uh, it, is, it is good to get the, mis- the young people acquainted with good mission organizations. And, of course, from them, they can get all kinds of materials and all kinds of ideas. And uh, if, if you have the speakers in from those organizations, uh, they will challenge your young people in this matter of missions. And then... Have someone contact a mission organization and give a report to the group for your youth group, okay? Uh, Number eight, when they are in your church, have a mission rep visit the group. And for instance, if uh, 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 we in our organization, Baptist International Missions Incorporated, uh, we have about uh, 20 mission representatives and directors that are in various churches just about on a weekly basis. Every one of them are. Uh, So uh, when a mission representative would come to your church, uh, if it is all possible, then it would be a good thing to have them at one time or another to visit your youth group or at least to let your young people in the youth group uh, get acquainted with them and give them reports about what is happening for. And then make missions, uh, make good mission reading material available to them. Uh, Brother Smith emphasized in the service this morning how that uh, from the very beginning, 
that Pastor Chapel would have all kind of materials available for the people uh, to take and read and so on and so forth. And so it, it would be a very good thing uh, for you, if you're in charge of a youth group, uh, to have some good missionary material for them. And, and the best material, probably, for, mis- for people to read that are interested in missions is biographies. Uh, I, I don't know that anything challenges me more than reading the biographies of missionaries. And then uh, most mission organizations uh, produce some kind of a magazine on a regular basis and uh, encourage the people in your youth group uh, to get involved with that, okay? And then, of course, uh, uh, have prayer letters uh, in your Sunday school and in your youth group. It'd be a good thing to read a prayer letter on a regular basis. And uh, that way they get uh, an idea of what's happening on the field with their missionaries and get a burden to pray for them. And then, of course, keeping them informed on current events that affect missions. In other words, uh, every, every, just about every week in the, in the news, uh, you will read about something that's happening in some country that has a direct effect on missions and so on and so forth. For instance, uh, last week they had a coup in Honduras. I don't know how many times people have said to me, okay, what's happening to our missionaries in Honduras, okay? Uh, or uh, uh, Iraq or wherever, you know, you're always having all kinds of things that are happening. So uh, uh, emphasize when these things happen, the current events happen, then emphasize to your youth, young people that you're teaching and so forth, what effect that has on mission. And then uh, a great tool that many churches are using today is to show mission stories, DVDs, and many of them are available. Uh, we produced one several years ago called Open Mine Eyes, Lord, and it was a, a DVD that we made uh, about the plane crash where Joe and Tana Collins and their five children were killed in the plane crash. Uh, they were missionaries in Nepal and had gone to, uh, to Thailand for a few weeks to get their uh, uh, visas renewed and so forth. And then coming back from Thailand into, uh, in, into uh, uh, Nepal, their plane crashed in the Himalayan mountains and all seven of them were killed at one time. But we had some video of them giving testimonies and things of that nature. And it's a great DVD. And it's, a, it's available from Baptist International Mission. And that's just one example. But there are literally hundreds of good DVDs and so forth that could be used. Okay, uh, the, the third way that is a mission should be treated with respect by the pastor and others, church leaders. The second thing, okay, missions should be treated with res- missionaries, our missions should be treated with respect by the pastor and other church leaders, okay? Uh, for instance, number one, think about this statement. We don't get what we want. We get what we emphasize. We don't get what we want, we get what we emphasize. In other words, uh, you you can go to any church in the world, and what is emphasized in that church is what you get from that church, okay? You go to a church where soul winning is emphasized, guess what? People become soul winning. You go to a church where missions is emphasized, people are interested in missions. Now, you don't say, well, do we emphasize soul winning? Do we emphasize missions? We emphasize both of them, Okay. Uh, if you didn't emphasize soul winning, there'd be no people to emphasize missions too, all right? But uh, and, and you're not saying you don't just emphasize one thing. But if we're going to have missionaries from our church, young people from our church, 
that are going to be interested in missions and give to missions and go to missions and so forth, then it, it must be emphasized in the church. So I'll repeat it again. We don't get what we want. We get what we emphasize. Uh, for instance, uh, uh, missionaries, and, and on, on the, 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 the slide there it says missions, and it really should be missionaries, okay? Rather than missions, it should be missionaries. It should be treated with respect by the pastor and other church leaders. So uh, uh, here's some things just to think about, okay? Uh, when a missionary comes to a church, uh, they should have the opportunity to speak somewhere, okay? Whether it's in Sunday school or a youth group or in the church or somewhere. Uh, for instance, if, if missions, missionaries are constantly in uh, uh, chapel services in a Bible school, then that Bible school is going, probably going to produce a lot of missionaries. If missionaries are constantly before church people in churches, then that church is probably going to produce a lot of missionaries and so forth. Okay? Uh, opportunities to speak. Number two, uh, proper hospitality while they're there. Uh, in, in other words, the missionary, if, if we're going to emphasize missions, if we're going to expect God to uh, use our church to train our young people and encourage our young people to go to the mission field, then when the missionary comes to a church, uh, that church, uh, that missionary should be treated and have uh, proper hospitality, okay? Uh, again, opportunities to influence the young people. When a missionary comes to the church, it would be a good thing to give that missionary opportunity. Here are some ways they can do it. Number one, in the homes. Uh, many times, particularly during a mission conference, uh, the missionaries will stay in the home, and when missionaries stay in the home where young people are, those young people are going to be properly motivated for worldwide evangelization, okay? Uh, in the Christian school, uh, many churches today, when they have mission conferences, uh, they will have at least one day and maybe two days when they will have missionaries in all of the classes. And uh, they, they give their presentation, they, they give the chance to answer uh, or ask and answer questions to the young people. And the main thing, I think, is just to getting the missionaries and the young people together. Okay, and then at their place of play and entertainment. Uh, a, a lot of churches, when they have mission conferences, they have a special day for the young people, and all the missionaries are invited, are encouraged to go to that, might have a pizza party, might go to the roller skate rink, might go to a football game or whatever. But in other words, just to show the young people that missionaries are people too. Okay, uh, If you're not careful, sometimes you'll think, oh, missionaries wouldn't be interested in sports, they wouldn't be interested in this and so forth. But in reality, uh, missionaries are just ordinary people, okay? Called to do an extraordinary job, but they're ordinary people, okay? And, uh, and then on one-on-one -on -one contact, uh, in encourage the young people uh, during mission conferences or when a missionary comes to present his work to a church just on a regular Sunday and so forth, but encourage the young people to go to them, to uh, uh, get their prayer cards, to talk with them personally and so forth. And then the, the, the last thing that we think about is, uh, and they had several of these things on there, they didn't have. Uh, church leaders should pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. So let's go back to that. Church leaders should pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Uh, now, now the, the, the Lord did not ask us and teach us to pray about a lot of things. But he did ask us to pray about that. 
Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. And church leaders, if we want our young people to know about, be interested in, give, and support worldwide evangelization and go themselves as missionaries, then the church leaders should pray this prayer. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he'll send forth laborers into his harvest. Uh, we should actually look for young people to go to the mission fields of the world. We should actually look for young people. Uh, I, I don't know how many times I've said to a, a little boy or a little girl, God could use you as a missionary, okay? And you never know how God may use that, okay? But in, do it. Uh, encourage them to consider missions. Uh, every opportunity that you have, encourage the young people to consider missions. And then uh, be willing for our own children to go. Uh, now I can speak from my heart with that because both of my children went back to the mission field as missionaries, okay? And uh, we should be willing and be not just willing, but we should be anxious that God would use our children. I mean, what greater way could we serve God than to rear children that would be willing to go to the unevangelized people of the world and give the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? And then be sure that we properly care for the ones who go from the church. Uh, I, I, once I, I think of some model churches in this area now, but where that when uh, someone surrenders their life to go to the mission field, uh, then there are just all kind of good things that the church can do for that young person. Uh, several years ago, a pastor said to me, uh, we have a young person going to the mission field. Now, tell me, as a sending church, what we should do for them. And I sat down with that pastor and enumerated several things that they could do for the missionaries that are going out of their church. And that church just took all of those things and did all of those things. Now, that was the first person that went from their church to the mission field. That was 17 years ago. That church now has 16 couples out of that church on the mission field. And they give about a half a million dollars a year to missions. Okay? Why? They emphasize it. You know, they, they implemented what they had learned. So be sure that we properly care for the ones who go from our church. And, and then, of course, uh, for the young people, we should encourage them to attend Bible colleges where there is a great mission emphasis. In other words, if a young person is going to be a missionary, uh, if they're interested in missions and they feel that that's what God would have them to do, then certainly we should encourage them to go to a training institution uh, that emphasizes worldwide evangelization. Uh, in conclusion, look at it. With so few going in comparison to those returning and the great need, we must listen and obey our Lord who said in John chapter 4, verse 35, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they're white already to harvest. Now think with me again. Most of the people that go to the mission field, and uh, I, I sat for uh, 30 years and listened to new candidates give their testimony and most of the people, the great majority of the people that are going to the mission field, God spoke to their heart before they were 10 years old. 
very few of them, after they became older adults, uh, heard for the first time and got involved in missions the first time. Now, thank God some do, okay? Uh, for instance, we had one couple that were in their 50s that went to the mission field, okay? And so that can happen at any time. But the simple fact is that most of the people that go to the mission field were encouraged. My, I was 15, 16 years old when I first got really interested in mission. Now, I can't say that's when God called me to be a missionary. But from the very time that I began to hear about missions, I couldn't help but think, someday I may be a missionary. I, 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 in fact, I cannot think of one particular time when God said, okay, I want you to go. But it was a matter of a series of things that led me to that. But from the very beginning of my Christian life, I had a, a missionary, a, a pastor that was going to be a missionary in Peru. Uh, I went to camp. I heard missionaries. I met missionaries and so forth. And so missions were just on my mind. In fact, when I was dating my wife, well, she wasn't my wife then, of course, okay. But when I, when I had uh, Virginia was my girlfriend, and I remember I was off working one time, and I, and I, and I wrote a, just a simple letter, and I said to her, now, if you would not be willing to go to the mission field, we probably shouldn't continue to even think about each other. Now, fortunately for me, she said, oh, if that's where God would want you to go, I'll be glad to go. Okay, so I'm glad she did that. But I, I, just as I look back on my own life, and, of course, I did not actually go to the mission field until I was 31 years old. But all that time, I, I had a willing heart. I was willing to go and so forth. And God began to do that in a very young age for me, as it does for a lot of people. So uh, the best you can possibly do, keep missions before the young people. Because in reality, that's the future of missions. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Ministry 127 podcast. Today's lesson was on keeping missions before our youth with Dr. Don Sisk. This podcast was designed to equip spiritual leaders to grow in the Word and develop a biblical philosophy of ministry for today's local church. Be sure to let a friend know about ministry127.com. Also, for Christ-honoring publications, please visit strivingtogether.com for resources that encourage spiritual growth and the local church ministry. Thank you for listening to this Ministry 127 podcast.